There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on, on Voice America. How brilliant to be back with you for another week and another fantastic guest. We've got Tony Morris today. We're going to be talking about how to sell when no one is buying. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting and I'm sure for many people, very, very helpful today. Um, before we get on to uh, talking to Tony and me introducing you, um, I'd like to, um, as ever, say a big thank you to last week's guest, uh, Sarah Kumalo. Uh, Sarah was the um, first um, black woman, and uh, that was her language, um, to climb Mount Everest, and she really did on her fourth attempt. And we had an amazing conversation last week about, uh, about how actually we all have the ability to be extraordinary within us, and we just need to access that. And if you're interested in finding out more about that, it's an inspiring show. I think at the moment, it's the kind of thing that we need to be listening to, to keep our energy up, keep ourselves buoyant, keep focusing on the positive, um, which I think is uh, you know, really important. Uh, last week, I also I, I brought together for the first time just a, a, a small handful of, of guests from this show, and about eight of us had a conversation around consciousness and um, aimed at really, you know, helping us all to make an even bigger impact on the world. And I think this is a, uh, is a fascinating concept. You'll have heard me talk about this with Tom Campbell. If you've uh, listened to those interviews, if you haven't, do listen to them. Um, because um, this is something that at the moment we've got to be really, I think, thinking about the bigger picture. And also considering, you know, it might be in a, in a challenging situation right now. But, but actually, um, is there a level above that we can think about it? Um, such that it empowers us to, you know, not be stuck in the, the mire of worry and stress and anxiety, um, but also start to see, you know, the possibilities that are also around us. Do appreciate, um, it was one of the, the guests of, of that event last week said, you know, her neighbor had said to her, look, we're all in the same boat. And she, knowing her neighbor and knowing the situation her neighbor was in, she thought, actually, we, we are in the same boat, but we're in different boats. So uh, people who have the opportunity to help others and really give them a, a leg up at the moment. And, um, you know, other people who really need, really do need that help. So, you know, look at how you can be kind, how you can support others, I think is, is really, really important. So how do we sell when no one's buying? I think um, this is just a, such an important uh, conversation. And I've got Tony Morris today, uh, and we're going to be talking about his strategies for success, sales success when, when times are tough. Now, Tony is an international sales speaker. He's a best-selling author of five books. He's MD of an international sales training company. And uh, with his team, he's helped to um, develop over 30,000 sales professionals across 62 industries um, to help them perform at the top of their game. And he has a podcast, um, Confessions of a Serial Seller, 
and has interviewed the top 100 sales performers from around the world. And he really sort of utilizes that, as I do with this show, to kind of you know, help his uh, wisdom and I think gives him a real competitive advantage over his competitors because he, he knows what they're thinking, um, but also to be able to pull all those ideas together to, to help people perform. And he, he conducts live sales calls on stage, which is one of his, his USPs. He created um, TMI Sales University, which is an online sales course with over 350 videos, teaching you how to love selling and become absolutely great at it. Um, so uh, a great pleasure to um, welcome Tony Morris today. Tony, welcome. Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Really delighted to be here. Uh, fantastic. So uh, we have uh, guests on this show for, from all over the world. Uh, whereabouts are you today? I'm in London today. I'm in, I live in Hertfordshire, so North London uh, in so the UK. I was say, your, your broadband sounds too good to be in central London. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, say, I find that quite strange. I, I once um, interviewed somebody in, in Hawaii and we had the most amazing uh, conversation. It was so crystal clear. And then my interview, I did an interview the following day and that was mm. with someone in London and you could hardly hear them. It's, oh, really? Uh, I think this country needs to invest even more on the internet. Um, I have an upload speed, download of seven and an upload of one. And I had a guest from Andorra the other week with yeah. uh, an upload of, uh, I think, 240 and download of 260. Oh, really? Well, I've had to, I bought a second Wi-Fi line, actually, just to make sure all my business now, like many, is at home. Um, and we depend on Wi-Fi now more than we've ever done before. Yeah, we do, and it's. Uh, I, I'm the same because yeah, I've got I have children, and you suddenly find they're using devices and things like that. So I've always had two, and, absolutely, and, and, a, and, a, and a 4G device as well. Because it's critical now, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Where people literally, my my business absolutely depends on it. Um, and you know, people, you know, if if I'm delivering sessions on webinars or Zoom, whatever, uh, you you can't have any downtime. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's essential. So so turn so. A bit about your, you know, your background. Maybe, maybe your early years. You know, where did where did mm. you, where did you originate, and and what was your life like growing up for you, and how did this lead you to a career in sales? Yeah, it's funny, you know. I I remember I was talking to a, a good friend of my dad's recently, and he said to me actually, a guy called Ricky, and he said, Tony, you've always had the gift of the gab, and I think from you know as as early as I can remember, maybe eight or nine, I always I had an answer for everything. Um, and, and I was just, I was also fascinated by people. I was always just extremely inquisitive, but I, I used to get bored easily. So they'd sit there, I'd ask a great question. And after 20 seconds, I'd be off. I wasn't listening to the response, which, which obviously was a, a massive error for sales. But I guess my sales journey really started probably the age of like 12. I, I started secondary school um, and I started, a friend of mine had used to get given vouchers for a tuck shop and uh, he used to give me sweets and I'd then sold them to people and start making some, some quite good money as a, as a teenager. Um, and then I, I got into my first sales job, really, at the age of, I think it was about 16, 17. I started working in a call center and just had a bit of a knack at sales. I just, and I didn't know why, Chris. I didn't know why was I getting better results than people around me. Um, and people started to listen to what I did and try and copy phrases I used, statements I made um, to, to have the same output. Um, and it wasn't until I got into software sales and started studying sales 
did I start to learn what made me a bit different? Um, and fortunately, I've now been able to teach those things to, as you mentioned, over 30,000 people, which is, you know, one of the most favorite things of what I do. You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about it. And are you missing that opportunity to be in front of lots of people at the moment? I am actually. I mean, one of the big things I do is speak on stage. You know, I've spoken now in 25 countries um, and I love the vibe. I love the buzz that you get, um, you know, when you can engage an audience and they're, they're listening to your every word, they're scribbling down notes. I love that. And, and I think delivering virtually, although, yes, you can get a message across, it's not the same. So I, I, I do miss that. However, the benefits are I'm now, I, I can deliver to anywhere in the world without leaving my house. I can see my family a lot more um, daily, which I wasn't before. And so, you know, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons of it, I guess. Yeah, it's just, it's been about you know, finding ways to work differently, hasn't it? And mm, online correct. has become very prevalent. Yeah, correct. I, I was lucky, you know, my wife's very supportive. And, and when, you know, clients, when this happened end of March, client, my retained clients started postponing me, which was inevitable. Um, and then my wife just said, look, what you do is deliver content. And yes, you do it face to face, but you just change the medium. And, and I managed to adapt really quickly. Um, and I had a, a probably one poor sales month. And then I got it back up to where I was, which I'm pretty proud of considering the situation we're in. Um, and it's just getting bigger and bigger now. Uh, and actually, I, I almost wouldn't want it to go back to how it was. I'd like to do a bit of face-to-face, -face, but maybe only 20%, um, which would be the speaking engagements. And, and I'm very comfortable now delivering online. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's a... It, it is a you know real kind of key point because you know obviously we're when we are flying around the world and we're, we're speaking we're also mm. not helping the environment as well so there's a absolutely there's actually a, an overall benefit well even though of course that does impact our airline industries yeah of course i think the other thing is about the time not time management but you you do have more time in your hands now so whereas before i'd have to get up at 6 a.m um and i wouldn't start delivering till 9 30 I now get up at maybe seven, seven thirty, and I can start work about eight o'clock, and you know, and just be more productive and get a lot more done, which is fantastic. You know, it's it's a massive positive. It must have been very helpful. I know you've been creating, you say, three hundred and fifty videos. It must have been mm. helpful actually to have a bit of a pause. It's to... been amazing. Yeah, it's been it's been an. I just would not have been able to develop this whole online curriculum without it and it's you know it's really allowed me to solve and not only that it's allowed me to reflect uh, I, sometimes as business owners so i'm sure a lot of your listeners run their own organizations we we are so in the business and we're so focused we we don't have time to step back and dis disassociate and reflect on what's working and it's really i suppose one positive is, is this pandemic's brought it's allowed us to take a little step back and look at what's really worked what tweaks can we make to to have an even more successful business which has been invaluable really yeah yeah it, i think it's been i personally find it a very creative time actually it's mm. been, i i i'd like this pandemic to be over i've um I found it very, very productive, very, very helpful. And I found my mind really buzzing with you know, new ideas. And I don't think that would have been, you know, in the same yeah. trajectory, probably. I agree. 
I agree. And I think what, what it's definitely taught me is I've committed to taking a day a month out of the business to, to spend on the business. And, and that, that's, you know, that wasn't, it, I couldn't even think like that pre-March. But now I've, you know, now I'm delivering about 12 hours a, day, a week of content. I've got, you know, 25 hours available to use to my disposal. Um, and I'm going to make sure at least once a month um, that's going to be used. And the family sees you more often, which is good. Absolutely. So how, you know, your, so your business is, is specifically, you're helping people to improve their performance through selling. Correct. Correct. Telephone, face-to-face, or uh, now much more virtual. And, and I think that's a big thing I'm focusing on now is, is helping people, well, not only sell virtually, but sell in the 21st century. I think so many sales organizations I've worked with um, are still using dinosaur methods that just, and they're getting so frustrated that people will not take their phone calls. They won't respond to their emails. So I'm able to give them some 21st century ideas and strategies just to increase that conversion rate and, and have the success that they really deserve. So I'd like to talk about that. I think probably we'll do that after, after the break, you know, talk about 21st century, century mm. techniques. Um, but I'll just, I'm kind of interested too, that we, we're talking about how to sell when no one is buying mm. and i'm just wondering is that is, is it really to fair to say or you know realistic to say in most cases that no one's buying or is this more of a you know a mindset generalization that we have at the moment based upon you know the world feeling like it's in turmoil yeah i think it depends on the industry so i think at the moment hospitality which was a big industry of mine is is suffering um yes they are the staycations that people are doing um but in terms of going overseas you know that that's obviously airlines and hospitality has been hit badly but i think other industries no people are definitely still buying i've i've won just two clients this week which which is evident people are buying um and i think the the title how to sell i i sincerely believe no matter what what you do you actually your job is not to sell your job is to help people to buy and, and, and that's a big difference. People do not want to be sold to. They, they get defensive. Their barriers come up. They don't like it. So I think if we can really articulate our message that we're there to serve, we're there to help, whether we're there to solve people's problems, then actually I think you'll find a lot more people will start buying. Is that, I, I, used to, I used to be a many years ago I was a sales and in, in sales I was a sales trainer at, at Mars but mm. this this word sales it does have a you know a connotation in many people's mind of being potentially ripped off yeah agreed and I think it's unfortunately we are tarnished with that brush because many people are using dinosaur sales tactics like almost trying to pull wool over people's eyes. And that's not what sales is about. It, you know, more than ever, it's got it. It's about trust. It, it's a people's business. And it's about learning how to really cultivate, develop relationships, gain, gain absolute trust, make people comfortable, and show that you genuinely understand their problems or their goals and aspirations and how you can serve those. Excellent. Well, you're on the right show, Tony, because that's what... Uh... Yeah, this is about. It's actually about the show is about doing business well with trust and uh, and you know and care, being caring and and supporting and helping Good. people on the journey. It's not about um, uh, you know maximizing 
uh, the value for yourself and, and absolutely and lose relationships. So um, I'm glad you're glad you're here to talk about about us. We're going to go to commercial break, um, but after and after that break, we'll start to get into some you know some some techniques and some uh, top mm. tips from Tony about how we can you know imp- improve our sales performance when actually markets are, are tough. So we're back again with you in just a couple of minutes. Do join us after the break. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi this is chris cooper of um yeah chriscooper.co.uk and uh, i just i help um you know my my sort of passion and my work is that i help leaders to develop themselves, develop their teams and build highly engaged workplaces. And, and uh, through the programs that I do, which can be quite multifaceted, it could be a coaching assignment, um, but it can be quite multifaceted. They, they result in significant returns on investment, both uh, you know, financial and also for people being much more fulfilled in their work. Uh, and um, one of the, one of the um, sort of key aspects of improving performance of a business is clearly sales. So it's something I used to do sales training. I don't do it, do that anymore. And you know, what Tony does, I think, is is also something which is very, very, very tangible and very important. And and I'm really keen to talk to Tony about these sort of 21st century techniques because I'm I'm with him. It, it we have to be very authentic and we have to be um, you know very trustful and help people to buy, uh, not being in the face with with sales tactics which um, uh, manipulate. So, Tony, can you tell us um, a bit about, um, you know, the, the fear that's tied up with selling and, uh, and um, you know, in, in a 21st mm. way, how, how best to overcome it? 
Yeah, I think when I, I ask people, especially when it comes to telephone sales, whether the purpose of the call is to book an appointment on, on Zoom or face-to-face, that the fear often is they don't want to get rejected. They are petrified. They're interrupting someone. They're disturbing someone or they're going to get a no. And, and I think what I need to, what they need to, then the mind shift change has to be that they are not interrupting. They are adding value. And if they, if they have chosen the right individual, the right organization to, to call, they, there's a purpose to the call where they can genuinely prove and back up that they're able to help serve and add value so rather than start off as a negative of i'm really sorry to bother you or interrupt you it should be that i'm really pleased i caught you today reason for my call is and so i think the first big point is understand who you serve so so often i say to salespeople, who's your dream customer and they they just can't articulate it that they often just say oh everyone uh, and then I joke with them and say, well, my son, Harry, he's 12. Would he be a good customer? And often, you know, they say, well, don't be stupid. He's too young. I said, okay, so it's not, it's not everyone then. And, and they, they need to choose their lane. And one of the best ways to do this is to look at previous success. And I always m- recommend grade your previous clients, break your whole client list down to your A's to D's. Your A's are your most profitable or ones you love to work with. Your B's are your bread and butter clients, so a lot of repeat purchases, but they might not be the biggest spenders. Your C's are your one-off clients, and finally your D are your dead clients. These are ones that pay you the least but give you the biggest headache. And once you've done that and you know your grade A's, you can start to target effectively and go after the grade A competitors as long as it's no conflict with your client base. Um, and once once you know that, then your messaging and all of your social media posts can be absolutely relevant and on point to that vertical, to that industry that you're looking to serve. Yeah, and that, and that, that's really, really, because you can waste so much time, can't you? Just trying to scattergun. Correct. That's what most people do. So once you know, and there's nothing wrong in having more than one lane. So I, I specialize in five niches. Um, and I've done that through my grade A profiling. And I've set up a I've set up Facebook groups in all five of those industries. So take one example, estate agents is a big market for me. I set up a Facebook group called Help, it's called Heat, helping estate agents thrive. And every single day I post either video content, written content that is value to that audience. And it's a great way of just gener- it's giving value. And therefore, you're generating opportunities on the back of it. Okay. So how much time do you then spend with social media? Because you can get lost in it. You know what? Luckily, zero. I, I, I heard something years ago, and it really resonated, which was this. Does, do the pilot serve drinks on the plane? Mm. And, and at the time, I, as the pilot, I was serving a lot more than just the drinks. I did everything on that plane. Um, I probably did 39 tasks, and I now delegate wherever I can. So I'm very lucky. I've built a support network where I've got P, uh, PA in the Philippines who I WhatsApp probably 15 times a day, and she does everything that I, I don't have time or, or shouldn't be doing, such as my social media posts. Um, so I post probably five times a day, but she's doing everything for me. Wow. 
and that's there's another you know 21st century point i'm noticing you just mentioned it there people are using whatsapp like email yeah absolutely it, it's people want things immediately um and i think one of the questions to ask your clients is how you know all my clients like to communicate differently with me what's your preference is it phone call email whatsapp text what's your preference um so always get permission first because you might offend um, but but absolutely. And I, I think this idea about the delegation, uh, another mentor of mine said, only do what only you can do. And, and, you know, you should only be a salespeople. Your focus is to sell. So if you're spending hours a day looking for leads, it's not, it's not your, in my opinion, that's, that's a wasted sales time. These are golden hours where you should be on the phone prospecting. So this is a case of utilize some resource. There's a lot of virtual assistants available um, that you can pay, you know, quite a fair, you know, very affordable rates to do things like lead gen for you. So, so, so lead gen for you is, is identifying opportunity. You Absolutely. Do the so I, I do it two or three ways. My, my first way is LinkedIn. So I use the premium version sales navigator um, and, I, and I have created a sequence of messaging and it's basically a content lead magnet. So again, my PA Mimi will send connect with 30 people a day and I give her direction of who to connect with. She sends them the messages that I've created. And the third message is I've written an article about X. Would you like a copy? Which 95% say yes. And then they're now in my funnel and it normally leads to a follow-up sales call. That's just one. The, the other one I do is a whole funnel where I, I've done pr a pre-recorded webinar, again, designed at the pain points of one of my niches. And I spend money on Facebook and YouTube advertising to get them onto a landing page to book on the webinar to eventually book a call via schedule once with me or my sales team. So that's the funnel they go through. Excellent. So you're, you're, so you're pretty smart. You, you recommend funnels. Definitely. Well, it's just... You know what? It changes things. So, you know, the, one of the best tools I use, two best tools, actually, one is Calendly, where appointments are booked in your diary and their diary. So you want to get to the point where they're the prospect, they see some value in what you do, and they're booking a time in your diary to discuss it. So you're now, it's not cold calling, it's very warm. And the second thing I do to sometimes warm that up is I use a software called BombBomb, which is a video email template software. It, it's very, you know, it's 30 pounds a month or there's one called loom.com, which is free. And it just, you, you, you do a tailored video, 45 seconds. Um, and one little good little tip here is you should hold up a whiteboard, a small whiteboard with the recipient's name on the whiteboard. So if I was doing it to you, it, it would say, hi, Chris, on this whiteboard. The image, I'd hold that up in the first five seconds of the video. So when I embed the image into my email, you would get it and you'll see it says, hi, Chris. So you're much more likely to open up that email. That's a great idea. They, they, they know that you've done it, made it specifically for them. It's not a general. Correct. So I do, my sales team do about 10 videos a day. And bear in mind, these are 45 second videos. So it's taking them all of 10 minutes a day to do. The message is identical because it's the same industry with the same challenges. The only thing they change is the beginning bit, right? Hi, Chris. Hi, John. Hi, Mike. And that's all they change. Excellent. And how do you, um, what's your view on, on phone calls? 
Well, no, no, no. I'm a massive believer in it. I think a lot of salespeople hide behind emails, I believe. And my attitude is if you can sell on an email, then we don't need salespeople. We need copy copywriters who are, who are, you know, whose job and profession it is to write copy. So I do think the telephone is, is the, is the, is the required medium to communicate effectively. However, I still think we need to use the likes of LinkedIn um, and emails in order to set up the phone call. But I, I, I do believe every sales call should be booked in the diary. So the recipient is aware that you're phoning them. Um, and worst way, it go, worst way, if it goes to a voicemail, you're saying, Chris, I'm phoning as I promised. You must be on, the, on another call. Give me a ring in 15 or I'll try you again in 30. So now I look like a professional following up rather than a pest bothering you. That gives you, gives you permission. Correct. Correct. How would you recommend? I, I've, I've had, had this this week, actually. I've had a number of uh, sales emails come to me. And uh, I've, I have followed up on, on one of them. There's another one I had a dialogue with. I really wasn't sure about the approach. How do you advise people if they're, they are utilizing an email to construct mm. that email? Yeah, I think, well, it depends what you're doing. So I do a lot of email campaigns. I use ActiveCampaign and I also use MailChimp. Um, and I, I use a specific segment I'm targeting. So let's say it's, I do a lot of work with IFAs or lenders, loan companies, um, and then I just have a very powerful message. And the most important thing to actually consider is your subject line, because that's gonna, that is the criteria of whether someone's going to open your email or not. And, it's, and I would always suggest split testing. So as an example, if I go back to my estate agency industry, I had a thousand records of owners of estate agents. I split test, I split them into four groups of 250 and the content was identical. All I changed was my subject line. And the one that got three times a bigger open rate was we've mystery shopped you. Do you want the results? Um, and, and that was a great lead gen. So we, we, on the back of sending to 250 people, we got about 11 inquiries just on that alone. And on the 11 inquiries, we, we set up four appointments with companies that were a good fit for us. And then we did the mystery calls to those four companies because obviously I didn't phone all thousand beforehand. Um, and, and then there was an opportunity to add value. So repeat the headline again. Yeah, we've mystery shopped you. Would you like the results? Oh, okay, that's what, that's what I thought you said, but it made no sense. Is that why people to me? Yeah, so, so then, and then the email would be, Dear Chris, we've done a mystery shop into your estate agency. We've identified areas that we believe we can add value. Be, uh, great to, be great to have a chat about those. Then said, don't take my word for it. And we had a, test, a relevant testimonial in there. Always add, if you can, a video testimonial or a, just a relevant testimonial for a company in their industry with the same challenges or the same size as them. Um, and then, it, then you've got to have a call to action. I'm going to be in touch in the next few days to see how we can best serve you. Yeah. And then most of them, then you can, with these email software companies like MailChimp or ActiveCampaign, you can look at who's opened or clicked through the email and they'll be the first ones that you start phoning. Excellent. And, and always keep, uh, always keep that uh, email authentic rather than potentially mislead. Yeah, absolutely. So look, the, the, the truth is, um, I've said we've mystery called them. That I am going to be doing it, but only on the ones that we decide to book an appointment with that's a good fit for us. 
So, um, you know, it, and, and I think it's a really important point. You want to be able to give value in every appointment. So my value add is before any meeting, not just this email campaign, but any meeting, I will always do at least one mystery call. So I've got things to share in the meeting. So if, for example, you're, I don't know, a web design company, you should be looking to do an audit on the person's website before that appointment. So you've always got to think, what can I do? If you maybe if you sell cybersecurity, you can see if there's any gaps or or areas on their sites where that that are not secure, and you can talk about that in a meeting. So yeah. always have something to share, some form of value. Yeah, I think that uh, makes it makes enormous amount of sense. It, you know, you should. I, I believe that too. You should do some research, and you should have a an understanding of the company you're talking to before you talk to them. Yeah, you, you're going to frustrate them otherwise. You know, you, you're going in cold. And I, I kind of see, I, I, I see these, um, these conversations that you have as little special moments mm. in, in life because they, depending upon how you are, they can go in a number of directions. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you might as well be your best and prepared for each one. It's my, we, my opinion. I agree. I couldn't agree more. And, it, and it's funny. I use a, a metaphor that every phone call could be your whale. And by whale in my business, a whale is someone who invests 75,000 on training or speaking. And, and I've landed about 32 whales so far in my company. But, but interestingly, Chris, thir- 28 of those whales were tadpoles. They just knew the whale. So, you know, many times every, every phone call I take or I make in my little brain, this could be the big one. And I treat it with the same level of energy, passion, preparation, because you just don't know the big opportunities around the corner. Yeah, and, it, and it could be, uh, from my experience too, you, know, you could find yourself talking to someone and actually you end up doing a, you know, a small piece of work. But then once you're in there, correct, <laughs> that, the whale can uh, come on the back of it. Of course it can. I've, I've had that many a times. Um, and I've, I mean, I remember a meeting I went on seven years ago with a, uh, an estate agency franchise called Belvoir, and there was just no training opportunity. And I came away a bit disheartened, a bit demotivated, but I stayed in touch with that gentleman. Um, two years later, he in- introduced me to an MD of another franchise called Martin & Co. that they, oh, sorry, Northwood, that they just acquired. I ended up speaking at their conference and that, that talk led to five other gigs, which equated to over a quarter of a million pounds of training. So, you know, I never knew seven years ago that guy was a whale. Yeah. Yeah. It could take, take time, can't it? Absolutely. Uh, I, w- I remember a few years ago having a, a sales guy working with me and I, I overheard him talking about my business in the garden, in a mm. garden. And, uh, and he was basically telling the world about how wonderful I was. And, mm. and I, I must admit, I got to a point where I almost wanted to be ill in the, it was actually, mm. I was actually a, a colleague in the mm. pond because um, the guy wasn't listening. There was no, no questions being asked. There was mm. no, there was no, um, you know, there was no, 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 no deep intelligent questions being asked and yeah. uh, to, to, to identify what, um, what was needed or what was required. The guy was just telling mm. them that I was a, I was fantastic. And I came away feeling very, very frustrated with that. Yes. What are your yes. thoughts on 
talking, you know, talking versus listening? It, it's such is one of the biggest errors that most salespeople make. If I could highlight probably two things that most salespeople do wrong, one is the ratio of speaking versus listening. And you, you and I'm sure, Chris, you're familiar with the Pareto law, the 80-20 rule. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and that was the first thing I learned in sales 22 years ago that the prospect, no matter what you are selling, the prospect should be speaking at least 80% and you speaking 20. Because otherwise, first of all, if you're not, if you're speaking, you're not learning, you're not engaging, and you're probably sharing things that are not value to the recipient. So that's rule number one. And the second biggest mistake is the questions they ask. Most salespeople ask very poor closed or loaded questions that don't get at the heart of where they can help. So I'm going to go to commercial break now. After the break, maybe we'll just uh, ask you one or two two of those questions, what that, your favorite ones, really, that um, certainly. really be sitting in the toolbox of every, every um, authentic, high-quality salesperson. So we'll be back Perfect. again with you in just a couple of minutes. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Tony Morris, and we're talking about 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 selling and uh, well, helping people to buy. Might have been a good title for today. And, and while these times are kind of tough, so Tony, we we touched on great questions mm. and the Pareto eighty twenty rule. Mm. What are your favourite great questions? Yes, I, I call these killer questions, uh, and what I mean by that is they've been rehearsed. They've been executed and they've got good outcomes. And that's something once you know what your killer questions are, and they are different for different businesses. But I guess my go to my three questions, any inquiry that I ever get. And normally, you know, these are self-generated inquiries through marketing. One of my first questions I ask is, can I ask you, Chris, who recommended you to Tony Morris International? Yeah. So, and I like that because A, it gets the source of the inquiry. I don't make assumptions, but more importantly, it gives that perception, whether it's true or it isn't, that most of my business is recommended. 
So yes. I think that's, that's a good right. question for an inbound. Um, before I ever look to secure an appointment, or no matter what the title is of the person I'm speaking to, whether they're the MD, FD, sales director, I always say, aside from you, who else will need to be involved to make the decision for this? And and it's it's a clever question because it doesn't offend them if they're not the ultimate decision maker, but equally it tells you who else needs to be involved. Yes. And then I guess my final one, and I and I I did this with I work with some of the biggest car leasing firms in the UK, and they always want to know who they're up against. And often they'll ask things like, you know, have you spoken to any other leasing firms? And the prospect says, absolutely. And they said, do you mind me asking what they quoted you? And they said, well, I'd, I'd rather not. And and it becomes a bit of a difficult, awkward conversation. So my best killer question for that would be, can I ask you, Chris, what's the best option you've looked at so far? Yes. And I think you can do that for any any industry, whether you're in the training business, leasing, IT software, whatever it might be. If they are serious, there's serious intent to buy, then they will be looking at your competitors, even if you've been referred to them. People like options. So by saying what's the best option you've seen so far, A, it tells you they're looking, B, it tells you what they consider to be the best option. Really good. Uh, and it may be, I guess, that it's not always price. That's important. Often it isn't. 90% of the time, it's nothing to do with price. And if it, if they say it's price, if they say, well, look, price is going to be important, I would say, well, if all the, all the suppliers you're looking at have the same price points, who would you choose? Mm. So but very cleverly, you're taking price out of the equation. Yeah, like it. And how do you, how, how do you broach that question about maybe, maybe fees, for example? Well, I think the key question is, it's got to be, look, you know, I, I appreciate you giving us an opportunity here. And I know you're speaking to other people as you should. What is going to be the most important, you know, important criteria for you to make a decision? And obviously, if they save price, I need to understand more about that. Do they mean, you know, the overall price? Do they mean the initial deposit that needs to be put down? Do they mean the monthly payments? What do they, do they mean the time they've got to commit to? There's a lot of ambiguity there. So I need to really understand what they mean. And, and again, it depends what you sell, but obviously I'm in the training like yourself in the training and developing business. So for me, it's never a, a price or a fee. I always find out what their, their goals are, what they're looking to achieve. And then I would say, what are you comfortable in investing to achieve those goals? Yes. And then they don't see it as a price. They see it as they should see it as an investment in either their team, their business, or maybe their management team. Yeah. And that, that's really important because ultimately in these kinds of work, people see a return and, yeah. and they can forget that they can just see a price. Um, I, I was interested in that exercise though. I did uh, a few years ago, I did a, a very multifaceted program with an insurance company mm. and, and there's various different elements of it coaching uh, c uh, how to coach for regional directors how to uh, mm. manage and lead people for people who are leading and managing people and we did a, did a, a collaborative um, sales program we call it collaborative trading because we had underwriters who didn't like the word sales and didn't want to be associated with sales but they're, they're involved in the process and one of the um, when we were looking at values one of the tools I suggested to them I said to them what is the most important thing for your clients when it comes to 
uh, choosing uh, an insurance company mm. to work with. And they said, commission. Mm. And I said, are you sure? And they said, yep, it's commission. Um, so I, I taught them a little exercise, which was to ask, you know, what's important to you, for, for you when you're, uh, you know, you're buying, you know, insurance type of products mm. and, um, and, and ask them that, you know, to ask them what's important a number of times and then ask them mm. to prioritize what's important. And what they've yes. discovered was that in that prioritized list, the most important thing was we want people who are going to come and see us and care about us and offer us good service. And, and actually commission was only three or four in the list. Yes. And they, they audited three months later an extra two million pounds of additional um, premium delivered um, purely because of that one question. Wow. It shows you, doesn't it? We, I think the big lesson there is we cannot make assumptions. We need to ask questions. Uh, and one thing, you know, I, I know a lot of salespeople really struggle to differentiate and know what is their, what is their unique selling point. Um, and, and I think the best way to really find out is ask your happy customers say to them, look, this isn't for my ego. I just, we're, we're looking to learn all the time. Why did you choose us? And use that, use that information because that's so helpful in, in acquiring new clients. Yeah. yeah. Really, really, really important. What um, referrals, are, I think, I certainly find the most powerful source of opportunity. How do you suggest people utilize these well they they absolutely are there's no question in my mind it is the best source of sales um and for two reasons actually or three reasons one that once you get referred the person you're referred to is more likely to take your phone call because you've been referred to them so they out of respect they will do that number two trust has already been built because the person who referred is obviously a connection to them a friend family member colleague and thirdly you will never have to move on your fees. So if you charge X, if they, if this prospect ever says, look, is there any movement? You can say, well, the person who introduced us, they paid X. So I'd actually be insulting them. So that's for me, the three big reasons why we need referrals. But now there's two ways to ask really. I think the first way that I quite like, and again, it depends on the behavior of the individual, but I often say, look, imagine we swap jobs. So imagine I, I know I know you're in insurance, but you know you know what I do. I'm, I run a sales training company. Imagine we swap jobs. So tomorrow you ran a sales training organization. Who would be your first phone call to try and win your first client? And you you can sort of see in their eyes going that they're thinking of someone, and they'll come back and say, "Well, actually, a friend of mine. He runs a big." sales team he sells you know widgets he's got a big sales team i'd you know his name's chris i'd phone him and you say well i'd love to have a chat with chris yeah so that that's quite a nice way to do it so they enter your world uh, and i guess the other way is make sure they're happy first so i'd be calling them and saying look we've dealt with each other for a while now how have you so i'm always looking to learn how have you found the experience dealing with us once they've given you positive so signals say look most of our business is actually recommended to us with that in mind who do you know you know someone like you maybe a friend colleague previous place you worked that we may be able to help and the two things you've done there is one you've loaded it by saying you know people like you and then you've suggested friends family or previous places you worked and then you said that we could help as opposed to we could sell to. 
Yeah. Yeah. So they're my two best ways, really. Like it. Really, really helpful. Really helpful points. So we've got only a few minutes, really, until at the end of the interview. Tell us a bit about um, TMI Sales University. Yeah, so this really got created. Um, I, the idea came about about a year ago, but I've, I've put it into you know, super mode since COVID, really, that the world now is online. Um, and, and a lot of my clients who, you know, who I serve, I deliver training to, they, they want me back on a regular basis, but maybe they don't have the cash flow to, in order to do that. So I've, I, I, I looked at that as a problem and thought, right, what's the solution? And that's where TMI Sales University was born. So I looked at all of the content that I've delivered for the last, you know, well, that I've learned really over the last 22 years. And I broke it down into 28 modules, such as mindset, questioning, objections, etc. And every module's got a, about 15 videos per module. Videos are about three minutes each. They're bite size. But every module's got a workbook. It's got a question answer, like a multiple choice test at the end. Um, and, and there's ongoing support. So part of this program is you, you pay to get lifetime access um, and then we we set up a private Facebook community for all the members so that they can share success stories, they can share ideas, but they also can ask questions and challenges so that they're constantly being developed and, and supported throughout their sales journey. Uh, sounds sounds uh, great. Uh, it, must, it must feel like... Um you sort of painted the fourth bridge or something creating. You know what? It, it sounds mad. I, I, it's something I wish I had access to 21 years ago when I started mm. selling it. It really is. And what I've to take it to another level, because I'm a speaker, I, I'm connected with some amazing thought leaders and experts in their field. So I've managed to leverage that and they've kindly shared their content which goes onto my platform. And once students have gone through all of my material, which is, you know, days and days of content, then they can start at an additional fee. They can start accessing other content. So if they want to become an expert in social selling, or they want to become an expert in leadership, or they want to become an expert in presentation skills, I'm going to be working with some of the best leaders in those areas where they can access that content as well. So it's going to be continuous um, development, um, you know, evolving content um, as, as, as we go about. Excellent. And uh, you, you don't have to be there to, to deliver it all. Yeah, absolutely. Look, for, from my perspective, it was it, it's a way to make my business scalable. But one of my goals when I set my company up was uh, 14 years ago was to empower 1 million people in sales. Um, so far, I've, I've managed to calculate it's around about 30,000 from all the gigs that I've done and my clients. Um, and I keep a note of the number of people that I work with. Um, and I think the only way to get to the million um, is this, and I think this is going to be the best way to be able to really serve and touch a million salespeople and, and help them achieve their goals. Love it, love it. Yeah, that, was, that was my intention nine years ago with this show was I wanted to add value to over a million people beyond my client base. So mm. was, uh, we seem to have had, uh, we, we've, we've had over that, well over that in terms of people accessing um, from around the world over that time. So brilliant. It's gone somewhere towards... Uh, achieving that really amazing um, I'll, I'll never know if we've added value to everybody but you know people just take a you know some of the ideas from today the amount of golden nuggets you've shared today mm. uh, for people 
you know, this the ripple effect of this could be enormous. I mean, I've I've made a couple of pages of notes actually from our conversation Good. while we've been talking. So well, it, it's funny I mean, what things that serve people, you know, and, and I think this is the benefit of the university is you can go back as often as you want through the material. If if let's say I've done a whole module on email campaigns. So if you're working on producing a campaign and you do your split tests and you're not getting the right results, you can go back to that module and think, right, where am I going wrong? Um, and then if you still are not getting the results, you go to the Facebook community and say, guys, has anyone done a campaign about X? I'd like some help. And what I, what I know will happen, because I've not launched yet, I'm launching in about three weeks, but I, I, I've seen from other people that these Facebook groups become such a great support network and everyone wants to help everyone. And obviously I'll be there daily sharing sharing advice and, and comments in that community fantastic well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you i absolutely loved it and do you have a single very short final message you want to leave us with yeah i guess my final message is we are we are in a new world we're in a different world um and it, no one knows how long this is going to go on for but people will still have a need for what you do. It might mean activity levels have to be increased to get the same result that you got pre-March, um, but that's sales. And I think if you can remain positive, remain tenacious and remain disciplined, um, you will thrive. It's not about surviving. You will still thrive. Um, and, and I'd love to offer your listeners, I've written, as, as you mentioned, five books. I'd love to give them access um, at no cost to them to, to read my best-selling book on telesales, which was called Coffees for Closers. And I'll be delighted, you know, Chris, for you to share the link so they can download that and read at their leisure. Excellent. So we'll, we'll put that link. If you go into news uh, on, uh, on the bottom of Tony's um, the outline about this show, we'll put that link in there. And uh, uh, I don't know if there's any other way to share it, but you can also access Tony if you want the link to TonyMorrisInternational.com. Um, but we'll uh, we'll make sure that's available on the internet on my uh, on my my social media as well. So once again, I've got to say a huge thank you to Tony Morris. Tony, it's been absolutely brilliant talking today. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. Loved it. Thank you so much for having me. Really enjoyed it. You're welcome. And on next week's show, we have um, Yuri Adoni from uh, Tel Aviv, and he's an angel investor. He's um, uh, he's, he's into venture ca capital investment, all sorts of things. But what um, attracted me to talking to him is he's going to talk about um, about uh, the unstoppable startup because in, in Israel, apparently, they have a much higher success rate when it comes to startup than anywhere else in the world. And he reckons that's down to the, the sort of secret kind of the kind of culture around something called chutzpah, uh, which is a, a an Israeli kind of behavior. So we're going to talk about that next week and see what we can learn to help, um, help our businesses really thrive and succeed uh, through, um, through this principle of chutzpah. So I think that'll be really fascinating next week. Do join us next week. Once again, huge thank you to Tony Morris. And I wish you all well. Please go out there. Please uh, don't give up. Please get focused. Listen again to this interview with Tony. Share it um, and, um, and, and take some of these tips and enable them to you to be even more successful and authentic with your selling going forward. Take care. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.